0: This episode is brought to you by Deep Woods Cabins. Deep Woods Cabins offers the finest in vacation getaways. Tons of people sign up for Deep Woods Cabins. So many people show up and have a great time. They swim in the lake, have sex in the bed, drink beer around a campfire, mock the silly locals, ignore all the massive warning signs, roast marshmallows over the smoldering bodies of their friends, relax in the porch swing, eat beef jerky made of human flesh, play around a golf at the 18-hole world-class golf course. Deep Woods Cabins. We even offer competitive funeral pricing. Alert! This is back This guy was a real How, how long can Hugo be pregnant? Chop, 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 a chop. Come oh, on, such a dick, David. Okay, everybody, put on your corpse handling gloves. What? Hoodie Picasso. <laughs> Horror. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Doctor Bruce Henson. Oh wait. No, this says Bryce Hansen. Mm. It's a typo or something. Who holds. Co host is Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> who holds a PhD in spookology and me, Mrs. Doubtfire, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. You guys, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be reviewing 2003's Cabin Fever by Eli Roth's first writing and directorial full feature length debut. But that's not all. With us today, we have a very special guest, someone I've been trying to get on the show for a long, long time. We have Brian from Horror Movie Club. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Dude i've I've wanted to pick your brain for a long time. I was telling you that before we we started recording and uh, and I'm just so happy to have you here
1: yeah I'm happy to be here. It's been a long time coming. yeah, no kidding man. well, um before
0: we get into the episode, let me tell you a little bit about how this is gonna go down. Oh wait, no, actually, let me tell you about our website horrormovietalk dot com and from there you can find links to all of the good stuff we got you know we got a shop you can buy merch over there you can uh you can support the show you can click on over to patreon or you know um, shop through amazon the amazon link at the top all that goes to help make the show better each and every week so do your best and we'll do our best and etc um bryce do we have any new patrons to thank this we week? do we got susan k jaron h al
2: mm. dylan p thank you so much for becoming new patrons this week and actually we've got a couple uh, patron exclusive episodes um, coming out like well this week if you're listening to this episode i suppose
0: well no cuz this episode is going to be is going to be bagged for a couple weeks down oh okay so yeah so but yeah, definitely, there's always, there's always new stuff every week coming out on Patreon, so check it out over there. Also, wanted to remind everyone, um, I imagine it's still going right now, our fundraiser, our charity event, where we're trying to raise $2,000 for the Trevor Project that goes to help uh, trans and LGBTQ LGBTQIA uh, youth, And uh, and we're almost halfway to our goal. So that's a big deal. And actually, by now, it may be even more than halfway. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But we need your help for that. And we appreciate every little bit we can get. So uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to subscribe. Leave us a rating and all that jazz. If you want to get a hold of the show, call us at 682 Two five three four four six eight. We'll start out this episode by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. Y'all know how that works. And then after that, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later in this episode, I have two bits. One bit is going to be a game and it's called the Rotten Tomatoes game. For those of you who are familiar and I'm going to be pitting Bryce against Brian um, in a segment of the Rotten Tomatoes game. uh, I think having to do with sickness. I forget what I called it down with the sickness down with the sickness version. That's going to be, that's going to be the, um, the name of that one. And then after that, I'm gonna I'm gonna close out the show with an episode of Hotline, so you know, I'm gonna force all of you to listen to uh, my other podcast. Um, okay. So as I said, we watched Cabin Fever on it was on Hulu, right? Yep. Watched Cabin Fever on Hulu and r- were reminded of a simpler time when Eli Roth was allowed to make movies. Here is the trailer. You know
3: when you've known someone a long time and you wanna kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser or not.
1: There's nothing wrong with that, right? Stay.
0: I feel nauseous. Well it's not funny. Can you help me? No oh, no 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 no. She's not coming near me. You
1: you're ah.
0: You guys gonna kill each other now? You don't look so hot.
3: Help me. I need, need a doctor. I don't want to get sick. I don't
0: want us getting sick. We just don't want to get it. Ah. I see we got of here right now. He's coming towards us. All right, back off. Oh. Looks like you're skinned alive. The party wall. man. Is it safe? Don't worry about it.
2: I can see it in my mind's eye.
0: All the trailers for this were not good for audio. Like, for audio trailers, it was a lot of show and not so much talking.
2: You know, David, have you ever known someone for so long, you just wonder what they kiss? like? Are you going to do this to me right now? It's like... I kind of feel like there's some tension between us. Oh, so we're well. just both so curious.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, when it's there, it's there. You just know. That's Do don't I- mind me watching. <laughs> uh, so Cabin Fever, Karen, Paul, Bert, Marcy, and Jeff are college students heading out into the, you guessed it, woods. <laughs> They're heading to the woods to, you guessed it, party. They are partying partying at a, you guessed it, cabin. They get sick with a, you guessed it, fever, (laughs) and everyone gets more cabin fever than they bargained for. Um, (laughs) With that extremely simple synopsis, you would think that cabin fever wouldn't be anything special, but you'd be wrong. Simple is often exactly what is called for, and this is no exception. Cabin fever is writer-director Eli Roth's first directorial effort and is probably the reason he has become known as one of the modern horror greats of today. It's a movie so full of horror tropes and homages that on paper, it seems like it fades into the background with every other generic horror effort. But Cabin Fever stands out. Cabin cabin Fever stands out because it knows what's funny and it knows what's campy and it knows what scares you. Like, it really does. Scare mm-hmm. me still to this day. Really? I remember the first watch through and I was like, Ugh, that's gross. And I don't want like just people being sick and highly infectious <laughs> is like. Oh. And now it's after, you know, the last couple of years, it's Man,
2: we, how did we not cover this during the pandemic? Yeah, it seems like a no brainer.
0: To me, it felt a little too close to home. It was like, yeah. this is this is. Poking a sore spot, yeah. I think. No pun in, in a leg. No the pun hole. intended. Um, uh, we get to see Roth's early take on edgy dialogue and non politically correct characters, uh, which seems to draw inspiration from Tarantino's work. I've heard a uh, tale that Eli Roth worked uh, as a I don't know a, a gopher boy on a set for Tarantino, and mm-hmm. and uh, and that's where they kind of met each other first, so I don't know, some sort of some sort of Tarantino connection. I
2: think there's a story of him, I think he, uh, he, this might just be in my mind, but I feel like I remember an interview with him where he shared this, he talked about sharing the script of Cabin Fever with Tarantino, and Tarantino was encouraging yeah. him to go through with
0: it. Yeah, but it does feel, I mean, the edginess of it does feel kind of Tarantino-y.
2: Well, I mean the the dialogue's pretty natural. maybe that's maybe that's what it is.
0: Yeah. Uh, what cabin fever does really well is tap into people's innate fear of infection and sickness. The concepts behind this fast-moving disease are alarming and um, something we are now all intimately familiar with following the pandemic. yeah. Being helpless in the face of the suffering and death of your friends is a truly heinous concept, and Roth is able to balance this serious terror with kind of lightness and humor in all the right ways and in all the right spots. For me, anyway. As a result, Cabin Fever works its way into a fond place in any horror fan's memories, in much the same way that Hostel, his second directorial effort, does. Um, They should come out with a sequel. Cabin fever, monkeypox. They have it. It's cabin fever, spring fever. Oh. It's almost exactly what you just asked for. Yeah, but it's got to
2: be monkeypox, because monkeypox is the thing. Is that the new It's not thing? that far off from what we see in this movie,
0: Ugh. apparently.
1: What did you think about this movie, Brian? You know, I've got mixed feelings about it, and we reviewed it on our show, but it was like three years ago, so it was interesting to watch again now. And I was honestly surprised that it had so many, like... Corresponding elements to the pandemic I kind of forgot I mean I know it's about an Infectious infectious disease but Some of the lines kind of hit home more than I was expecting (laughs) But uh, I, I Like it I don't think it jumps out To me as something that is one of my Favorite films I think the biggest Weakness is the characters I'm not saying they're bad but sometimes I Get the feeling That Eli Roth doesn't really truly care That much about his characters they're kind of Just like a means to an end uh or a vehicle to make the movie he wants to make uh that being said they weren't horrible characters the acting was pretty good for the most part uh and the gore and the scares was all really effective and creepy and there's some definitely repulsive stuff in here um so i don't know do you guys ever give half i can't remember half no, but numbers you or you whole numbers no, I'm going well, to stick to your. Well, we do
2: it from one to ten, so there's there's decent granularity in there. Well, that's yeah, actually, that provides
1: enough granularity.
0: That's actually not a that's not true. I, I will many times say like a light like a high seven. eight or a low yeah, right, so like sure. a light seven or a high six. I, I'm going to give it a light seven. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Bryce, what did you think about this one? Um, was this your first time? <laughs> this is my first
2: time I ever saw it, so it was brand new to me. Uh, I was kind of delighted. <laughs>
0: I knew you Because be. it's so,
2: it feels so anachronistic. Yeah. In like, <laughs> the like, uh, just casual, like, using gay as, you know. Yeah. Like a put down.
0: Like back in 2002. Or, exactly how it was right. back then.
2: And so it's like, <laughs> I mean, this was my humor when right. I was like, when I was 18. Right. You know, this is like how me and my friends would talk. And I'm sure like that'd be horrifying to people that didn't live in a life. Didn't live in a time where saying like, dude, that's gay. Right. Is considered okay. Right. But it was at one time.
0: Yeah. Everybody did it. I mean, everybody did it. (laughs) Right.
2: (laughs) So stuff, stuff like that. And like kind of just the out of the blue humor moments landed so hard for me. Like, I was I was a big fan. In terms of, like, the movie and, like, it's a pretty generic cabin in the woods kind of deal. Um, it's kind of lazy at times where it's, like, not... It has, like, stuff that comes up that they just ignore. You know? Like, yeah. the grim shows up and I, you're just like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I expect a grim to show, show up again and, like, have some kind of point in the story and he never does Uh uh-huh um so stuff like that it's like very very messy and it's very obvious like well this is just a like like you said Brian like a like a means to an end it's like a means to show some gore and have some cool special effects um but all in all it was a good time And this type of movie it was it was pretty good so I mean I'd I'd agree I'd give it like a seven out of ten it's definitely worth watching
1: yeah yeah
0: what were you saying Brian?
1: a little spoilery so i'll I'll save it for the back end
0: oh, okay. okay fair enough um yeah for me i I remember seeing this I've probably seen this two or three times well probably at least three or four times now and um and it always just gave me that you know that like real nostalgic like I mean, keep in mind, this came out about the same time that Wrong Turn did and deals with basically the exact same themes and tropes and stuff. And it's so much better than Wrong Turn. And yet Wrong Turn is remembered fondly by a whole nother crowd. You know, this is just more, I guess, my wheelhouse. So I unapologetically will give this an eight. Uh, I... Every time I see this movie uh and Paul's character or uh Ryder Strong uh is there from Boy Meets World I'm like <gasps> every time I don't know why you don't see him in anything else this is the only one but every time I I'm just like <gasps> it's the Boy Meets World you know it's just it just has that has all the nostalgia attached to it so and I kind of figured, Bryce, that you would like this. How did you find the Hostel connection? Do you see it clearly? Because you made me watch Hostel uh-huh. against my my better judgment. And it ended up being a delightful experience in a way I didn't expect. And it was... Was there a Hostel connection? I didn't see it. I mean, it's this is the movie he did right two years oh, before.
2: Oh, after. Oh. Uh- yeah, I mean, I think um, the element of like sex as the danger, you know, yeah. <laughs> whereas like it's very much feeding into like horny straight male like <laughs> fantasies and having that go wrong. Like that's definitely a part of this movie and basically the the moral of the story of Hostel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's 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 a bit of that um i think hostel is like definitely more exploitative i mean it's much more of a vehicle to show torture yeah but uh yeah pretty pretty similar in in tone i think hostel was a little less lighthearted than than this
0: i don't know that first half of hostel was just light and breezy kind of yeah but Hey, before we continue, Brian, I, I had some, some questions for you. Wait, you didn't give your score? Oh, yeah. No, I did. It, I gave it an eight. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Brian, how long has Horror Movie Club been going? Because I know you've been going longer than us.
1: Uh, three. Wait. We celebrated our four-year anniversary in June, so a little over four years. Oh, wow. So just we started like
0: just basically a couple months after you.
1: Yeah. I was going to say I thought we were kind of going for the same amount of time.
0: Nice and and it's you and Ashvin and uh, and do you do you are you able to every episode you say you you guys are calling in and so I'm curious to know does how, how far away are you and Ashvin
1: I I used to be in North Carolina now I'm in Minnesota and he is in Chicago Oh gotcha. Dang. Yes. So we call each other on the phone for some weird reason. We don't look at each other. And I actually bought a light just so I could do this with you guys. Oh, thank you. Uh, So that's a little weird. But now that I'm doing this, I I think we need to start looking at each other as well.
0: And and what's your
1: favorite part of doing Horror Movie Club? Oh, boy. Honestly, so we started the podcast because we were kind of doing it already just as a way to keep in touch as friends who were – you know, long distance friendship. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I I guess the my favorite part is just talking to him about it. He's always an entertaining character and throws me some curveballs. But it's also been a really interesting journey through horror, because when we started out, we thought we knew a little bit. And we're now realizing how stupid we were back then. Uh, (laughs) Not that we're intelligent now. But I'm sure you guys have probably experienced something similar, right? Where you you thought you knew a lot about horror and then as the show goes you're like, "Okay, now I maybe actually do know a lot about horror, but there's still so much to learn." I listen to you guys
0: because you're so good at at the at the at putting each um genre at like giving everything a subgenre. So like, for example, this week you guys covered um, Jennifer's Body. And or at least that's the last episode I was listening to. And um, you you I, I think Ashvin asked you, he's like, is there some sort of like like city versus country thing going on with this? And that discussion was really interesting, and then I realized, oh, that's going on here too. Like this is every cabin in the woods movie is is doing that same thing. So you guys have this uncanny ability to like neatly place things in like definitive sub genres. And, uh, and I really like that about your show.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. That kind of blew my mind when he said that, but yeah, he had a point and yeah, yeah this is totally another city versus country vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's,
0: he's Ashvin always has these, these, he's always got a question loaded for specifically for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can never predict what's going to come either.
0: Yeah. I love it. Anyway, well, uh, again, uh, I've been listening to you guys for a long time, so um
1: kind of fanboy now here. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's cool to see you guys uh, live in action. It's like a well-oiled machine. Uh, okay. <laughs> Are you making fun of us now? No, for real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm in my closet, just junky shit all around me, and you guys look professional. Oh, well, <laughs>
0: thanks. I'm glad we look professional to someone else. Um So, you guys, let's, uh, let's take a look at who makes this show possible. Nightchannels.com has been supporting horror movie talk for well over a year now. We love what they do. And what they do is clothe your body with super cool horror shirts and hats and sweatshirts and all that kind of stuff so head on over there take the night channel challenge at challenge at nightchannels.com uh and all that is is just surf their site for five minutes Mm -hmm. i dare you to surf their site look around check out some of those uh super unique custom prints uh for shirts and sweatshirts and hats and stuff and uh and then close close out close out of that that browser but you know what You're going to find something you're like, well, I don't need to buy a shirt now. And you're going to close
2: the browser and it's going to haunt you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the way I know this works is because Night Channels continues to sponsor our show, (laughs) even though we tell people to close out of their website. (laughs) So that's how I know the Night Channels Challenge works. And uh, when you find a bunch of stuff that you like, go ahead and use the code HMT and that will get you 13% off your order over there. Um, And... Also, you should know that if you're listening to these commercials and you hate it, um you don't have to. All the commercials, every single one can be cut out. If you head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com/horrormovietalk and uh and you sign up for the $6.66 tier, you get access to the afterpods, you get early access to to episodes with no commercials in them at all and um you get to support the show. And and actually there's other stuff too. You get a card in the mail with some stickers and all kinds of crazy crap. And lots of people have been doing it. So you should mm-hmm. do it too. Just join the bandwagon. It's you know, jump off the bridge. It's good. You can also support us by buying stuff on our shop slash shop and if you'd like to uh help support Dustin Goble, he's our resident artist and he fucks with the best of them. Uh And he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So, contact him over at dgobel00, that's at dgoebel 0 -0 on Instagram, and make your artistic dreams come true, and tell him we sent you, um, because otherwise he'll be like, who are you? Get off my launch! You know? (laughs) Um, If you'd like to get a hold of the show, call us at 682-253-4468. Thanks again, and let's get into spoilers.
2: Oh, That's yeah, pretty loud, Vista. So <laughs> hot. <laughs> oh. I don't know why it's so
3: loud.
0: Oh, man. So. Uh, Cabin Fever is, I don't know what to say. It's a, it is a movie made of tropes and, uh, and somehow it doesn't, it doesn't bother me, Uh, but we start off with this fella who's clearly shot a rabbit and he's so dumb, um, because he's got this rabbit and he's trying to wake up his dog. Mm-hmm. By dangling the rabbit over the dog and and the dog's not waking up because it's clearly very dead. <laughs> it's like
2: entrails are already spilled across the forest and he's like Wake like, up, buddy.
0: Come on, Floofy. And Floofy's gone. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the this is the uh, the indicator of there's something foul afoot mm-hmm. in these woods. And then, you know, we immediately cut to partying college kids in a Bronco or whatever, getting Mm -hmm. ready to, you know. I think at one point they say the Jeep,
2: and it's obviously not a Jeep.
0: You know, this is one of those things you call. uh,
1: It's one of those things where it's like, it's in the script. Don't worry about it. What's that, Brian? It's like a Kleenex. You just call it a Jeep. Right. There's a word for that. Can't remember it. A Kleenex?
0: Yeah, yeah. Know. When a
1: brand name becomes the name of the thing, even though it's off-brand. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a there's a word.
0: Right, like Coke. Like, right. Give yeah. me a Coke. Some sure. people say, "Give me a pop,"
1: mm-hmm. or like, what? How, how did you call? Even it? Zoom now, you know, people say yeah. you're going to zoom somebody, regardless of what app you're using. Yeah. Oh, that's true.
0: How do I? What was the question? What was the thing that you called it? As a kid, the Coke,
1: Pop. We called it Pop in yeah. Akron, Ohio. Pop I, in Akron, Ohio. Yeah, I think I think so. would say Pop. The Pop Belt, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Pop. The Rust Belt, and the Pop Belt. Right. I say soda now, though, for some I reason. I say soft drink.
0: Yeah, I always said soda. You did not say soft drink. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I actually don't remember how I, how I say it.
0: I always said soda or Coke. Yeah, it was. It very, it yeah, I think
2: I would just say the name of the thing that I wanted. It's like, can you get me a root
0: beer? Oh, okay. Well, so, we'll get you. Right. Anyway, so Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World. Oh boy! Every time I see him, I'm like, <gasps> uh, but I haven't seen him in anything uh, really since this, which is a little bit of a bummer. Wasn't but... there a Boy
2: Meets World like reboot or something? Or maybe I just heard of
0: talks. No, that they're like maybe we'll bring it back when he's older. That's probably a thing that happened. Remember when Netflix rebooted? Um, there's been that a, thing, there, that thing with Bob Saget. What's that thing with Bob? Full S- House. Full House. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I imagine, I imagine uh, every single 90s sitcom actor's ears perked up, all in unison. Yeah.
3: <gasps> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. There's been talk of a lot. I think there's been some some remakes, but yeah maybe maybe boy meets world wasn't one of them boy meets world was like just past when i stopped watching like um TGIF
0: <laughs> on abc you stopped watching TGIF yeah i mean
1: I've... i watched it until it stopped right yeah run it into the ground <laughs> yeah i think are the... we the same age are i'm 40. Like third? i just turned okay. 40 i'm oh, 38
0: i'm i am also 38 well all Wait, right. How old am I? I'll be thirty-eight in a little bit. Yeah. In a couple okay. days.
1: Okay. Yeah. I guess. I guess Bryce got over Tgif before us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What was so my favorite pastime as a millennial, uh, or as I okay. call myself a exennial, uh, is recounting the lineup of oh, Disney yeah. Afternoon and Tgif over time. I was like, all right. Originally it was gummy
0: bears and then Gummy Bears. Oh, my <laughs> Tailspin. God. Uh, Wait, there was a there was a show called Gummy Bears? Yeah, on Disney afternoon. I thought you were m- talking about care bears. No, there's gummy bears.
2: Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere.
0: everywhere. Gum yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh,
1: Something uh, deep within David awoke. Yeah, never heard of that show
0: <laughs> anywhere, yeah. And and oh yeah
2: that's the show that my uncle raped me to oh god <laughs> oh. I, I just hit it <laughs> deep with then <laughs> um yeah tjf and and disney afternoon was a required viewing growing up okay but yeah once boy me boy meets world came on i was like all right enough of this
0: Man, Moving now on. Now I'm just back at that place, <laughs> that horrible
1: Gummy Bears place, this prison. I want to keep talking about this, but I, I'm like, I shouldn't derail these guys' podcasts. Let's stay on time. No, 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 no.
2: By all means. Derailing no. oh, is, is welcome. That's the whole podcast is derailing. Yeah. Right. Derailing. Gummy Bears is David's sunken place. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> I think Jordan Peele would make some sort of creepy remix of the Gummy Bears theme song for David's yeah, movie.
2: Just a slow <laughs>
1: Gummy <laughs> Bears Dude, that, that's with just, just like intermittent shots of his uncle's face in the sunken place. That's his
0: calling card now. Like he's just he just does it for each and every movie. He did it. Yeah. He did it for every single one. I mean, that's that's like you can
1: keep doing it.
0: Yeah, it
2: works so well. That's almost every movie trailer now. That's not just him, right? Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, every single movie trailer is like some '90s hit slowed down in the minor key. Yeah. Um, anyways, so I just I'm envisioning David falling asleep at night, crying to himself while singing the Gummy Bears theme song.
0: So, um, we get these these college kids get to the Harbinger gas station, right? So so this is the place that you kind of get an inkling of what is – what's going to happen. It's not going to be good. And this is also a spot in the movie that is potentially going to make a lot of people shit or get off the pot Uh because – I mean they're throwing around – colloquialisms yeah, of the time. I mean, <laughs> they said the g word and the r word and the n and word, the n word like uh real like this is just this is so Eli Rothy is just like I'm going to I'm going to say the thing that's not allowed to be said. I'm not going to be politically correct right. and you can't make me. And how does that hit you but uh, I'll, I'll ask Brian first. How does that hit you now? Because it would have hit you a little bit back in the day,
1: I imagine. But how does it hit you now? Yeah, I mean, it's cringy. I, I think it's so interesting because we always talk about that on our show when we watch an old movie. Like, oh, they said this word, this word, this word, you know, <laughs> G word, F word, whatever. And <clears throat> But it's also interesting to hear Bryce's take on it. Like, it's a throwback to another time. Like, I can't sit here and pretend that I didn't talk – that way, when I was eighteen as well, so it is conflicting for me because even if you look back at movies from two thousand three, they're not all like that. It's like Eli Roth is really trying to push the limits, and he keeps doing it. I think Green Infernos, I can't remember what the year that is. I want to say it's as recent as like twenty thirteen or something. It's fifteen,
0: yeah,
1: twenty fifteen, I believe so. And he still does it in that movie too. So it's clearly just him. I mean, but. It's some combination, right? He's trying to get a glimpse of how people actually talk, but he's also clearly trying to push the limits of what is politically correct and play with that, especially with the N word thing and how it comes back around in the end of this movie. He's just like yeah. middle fingering <laughs> to the audience.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, it was comforting
1: that at least the N word was still
2: offensive back then,
1: you know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the characters were scared. And also, right. you know, it wouldn't be out of place even now to, if you went to a really remote part of the country and there's locals that clearly are a little have a different culture than you then yeah sadly it wouldn't be unusual for them to say that well i'd like see here's here's the
2: thing about like using the word gay like i'm almost well first of all like yeah it was uh, it was part of my youth using it in this way which basically means gay equals lame it did when when we said like oh that's gay it just means that's lame and we weren't thinking about like oh that's something homosexuals would do <laughs> it's like it right. wasn't used that way right um and so when i see movies that use it like that i don't cringe too much because i understand the, the usage context, Yeah. the context what's more alarming for me is it, that's more like disturbingly anachronistic is when they're like, Oh, what are you gay? Like yeah. when they're actually like sure. like, oh, like why aren't why aren't you in like a teenage rom com or something, it's like the girl hasn't had a boyfriend and she dresses kind of mousy and I'm, like, oh, I think she's gay and it's like said with just casual disdain. That's that is disturbing. And that's like as as like uh you know bad as like when you see old films talking about you know n-words or whatever yeah and so yeah in the context it doesn't doesn't bother me that that much but i'm sure if i was gay it would be mean something quite a bit different
1: something yeah that usage is different than one of the characters in this movie calling squirrels gay (laughs)
2: Right
0: Squirrels I, are gay Actually Actually I'm glad you mentioned that Give me just one moment here
2: Berg what the hell is that
0: Huh Oh I'm gonna go shoot some squirrels
1: Why would you want to kill
2: squirrels Cause they're gay Berg don't be a fucking <laughs> retard
0: Kidding I don't care if they're gay or straight I'll kill them either way <laughs> Will you be careful with that thing Would <laughs> you relax man It's just a fucking BB gun Relax
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry
0: Yay. Bert doesn't care if they're gay or straight. He'll kill them either way. This is, this is the kind of thing where it works because it's funny. So right. it's kind of undeniable, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people will definitely take issue with this.
2: Yeah. But it's, I mean, a lot of packed in there, like in, in 30 <laughs> seconds. What are you,
0: fucking retard? <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of the th- the reason that Eli Roth is allowed to or can get away with this stuff is because it's packaged just right mm-hmm. like the like the cute old man at the mm-hmm. little uh, harbinger grocery mart uh <laughs> gas station is so sweet, and he's telling these kids about you know the last person who bought like a glass. Uh, vase off the shelf and she fell down because she was just so forclamped or something like that and uh and then he <laughs> and then they're like oh yeah what's the gun behind the counter for and he's like oh that's for n words and it's <laughs> like everybody's just oh. even these characters jaws are on the floor <laughs> indicating that oh this is too much for us and then he 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 Somehow he realizes that it was too much. And so, like Brian said, in the end, that's the callback joke. Yeah. In the at the very end of the movie. And that I mean, how did the callback joke at the end of the movie work for? It was it was great. I loved it. Yeah. It was perfect. It, it was it all kind of fit into context. It was like it was like Eli Roth was holding his hand up to his mouth and going, oops, I oops! I used a bad word.
1: What did you think about it, Brian? Uh, I think it was a little. I didn't like hate it, but it, I, I had a little bit of like a yeah. palm on the forehead moment. Like, oh come on! I think it just like, and I I totally respect your guys' take on it too. It just like bothers me how much Eli Roth is trying to like do that in every one of his movies. Yeah. So maybe if it, if I was taking this outside of the context of some of his other films. I would – and not that it, like, bothers me. It's just more of a groan moment than a, a laugh out loud moment for me.
0: No, I think I think you have a, a real point here. I think he got maybe one too many attaboys on this movie, mm-hmm. and that just concreted <laughs> him into a lane. He was like, sure. I got to be clever with the N-word. I got to – you know, it's like now i can, I shown I can do it once. I can do it again. And it's like maybe you could – branch out a little bit <laughs> right <laughs> it maybe they don't now have to be super cheap uh shock jock jokes
2: yeah i mean this that's like that joke is straight out of mel brooks that's like a very mel brooks delivery especially at the end where it's like oh no the black people showed up and he's gonna go for the gun and then it's like waka
0: waka no it's for them yeah yeah it's this is a, yeah um so, I guess at this point the kids are out of the cabin, they're having their good time, and then yeah, here's I think what Brian might have been referring to about um at least one part of what you might have been referring to about characters just to for like he doesn't really care about them too much. Um we have Eli Roth shows up as a character as Grim and he is the broiest um, kind of pothead surfer guy, like just kind of a, it's a strangely just generic person from 2001, you know, just like this guy, this I don't frat. know, I don't know what the intent
2: of that guy was cause it was like presented menacing, but he was harmless and then you expect him to be menacing in the end and, He just disappears. All right. Never comes back.
0: What did you think about Eli Roth's little stunt?
1: It was funny because he played two characters in the movie all within this like little 10 minute chunk of the movie. Um, But I actually like this because he had one of the funniest lines in the movie for me. He like talks about his I think his dog's name is doctor something. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls goes, is he a doctor or a professor? He's like, yeah, he's a professor. Of being a dog.
2: And
0: <laughs> face. <laughs>
1: face. Here,
0: actually, it's funny you should mention that. Yeah,
2: yeah. He's cool. This is
0: Dr. Mombo. Come on, Dr. Mombo. Is a doctor like a physician or a professor?
1: Yeah, he's a professor.
0: <laughs> of being a dog. Ooh, faced. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. It's uh, so ridiculous. But I'm going to posit something here real quick. This is the most clear indicator to me that Eli Roth is just a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Mm -hmm. Because he's going to insert his own himself Mm -hmm. and his bad acting Uh (laughs) into the movie that he's directing. He's just going to sandwich it in there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh, that's a very Quentin Tarantino thing to do did did you think that holds any water
2: um sure yeah i mean <laughs> i think it's just an indicator of uh, of goofiness like that's kind of where i appreciate a lot of the humor is like i appreciate like kind of relatively low effort goofy humor in in the context of a semi serious movie <laughs> and uh yeah it's, it
1: just just works for me
0: Brian, do you think my Quentin Tarantino line has it holds
1: any water? I think it does hold water, and uh, not only that aspect of it. I had never really thought of these two like as a pair in my mind, but they're both such fans of movies and have like this encyclopedic knowledge of so many movies that most people probably have never heard of. And I think you can see it in both of their work because, as you said, David, this is a tropey movie. It's a Cabin in the Woods movie, and it it hits those tropes. And Tarantino does that too, but they just they you can tell they love those movies so much. They're just trying to rebuild like what they loved about movies as a kid. And I think that's a strength and a weakness, right? Cuz I think the weakness is you get the characters that are kind of a means to him making the movie he wants to see, but he also plays with the genre. The tropes are there, but they're still kind of treated with care and the scares are legit. Uh I don't really know what my point is, but I I think they both they're clearly People making movies that love movies and they just want to put something on the screen that ignites something in them that they thought of when they first saw a horror movie in a dingy theater somewhere when they were a kid or a teenager or something. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think you're on to something there. I know Eli Roth has a pretty impressive uh, podcast about horror movies. Have you ever listened to that?
1: Yeah, I do listen to that from time to time. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah, he's he does he definitely is I think that's a good point. He is like this encyclopedia britannica of of horror movies and that's yeah, he's he's definitely a a student of 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 just being a kid sat in front of the TV going this is awesome. I need to, you know, like how you hear Spielberg talk about, you know, how how his childhood was sitting there mm-hmm. just watching the movies being so enraptured by them. Um so, uh, once once Grim shows up, he brings a bunch of weed and and uh, and they it sets it sets up this this next part, which is there's been this plague spreader guy, this guy from the start of the movie who killed the rabbit, and he's been he kind of came into contact with Bert earlier, and he was stumbling around, and he was clearly infected with something, and Bert had the knee-jerk react. Bert is just a total jerk. He's he's everything you hate, you love to hate about jocks.
2: I think Bert's my favorite character in the movie.
0: Why is that? Just because he's so stupid. He's so, so stupid. And he's the person you're supposed to hate, right? Yeah. But, you but he's the him. one
2: having the most fun. Oh, yeah. he's definitely- Ostensibly on a trip that they're trying to have fun at. Yeah. He's he- like, you know what? You know, he's it almost makes me wonder if, like, he if uh, he was actually inspired by Bert Kreischer. It feels <laughs> like a very similar character.
0: Actually, that it does. Yeah, he's lighting large portions of the forest on fire just just to have a chuckle. Uh-huh. He's killing squirrels because they're gay, but he doesn't really care if they're gay. Like he'll kill them either way. Like anyway, but strangely enough, Bert's reaction to this infected man is the spot on reaction. That you should have if you want to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting because – so anyway, so this this man shows up at their cabin. They answer the door because they assume it's uh, Eli Roth come back to party um, and it's not. It's uh, it's this – it's the plague spreader dude. And Bert's like, no, we're not letting this guy in. You have to be out of your mind. Get Send him out. He'll He'll be fine. He's dead anyway. Like, no, no, no. We don't – we don't mess around with this uh, and they end up burning it to death. I as, as one does, but not before he, he vomits blood all over their car right? and he just, uh, I mean, he makes quick work of dispensing the infection around mm-hmm. their, around their cabin. Yeah, I love the uh,
2: the movie logic of like, oh no, he's in our car. He's going to try to get away. Let's shoot the
0: the car. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of the other movie where that happens, but I I can't remember what it was. I kept I kept thinking of Tremors or Tremors too, but. I don't think yeah, every
2: it. every time there's like a the very obvious answer is drive away. It's like, oh, we gotta fuck up the car somehow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the car becomes uh the point of contention in this whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, we can't leave, the car's here. And it's like mm, I think you can leave. Yeah. But uh Yeah. Um were there were there any parts of this kind of this this were there any parts of this middle spot where they start getting infected that irked either one of you guys
1: I think just as you guys were touching on the decision making from the characters just is pretty poor like they don't seem to sincerely want to get out of like they're not trying hard enough to get out of their situation they're just so fixated on the fact that the car doesn't work and they're stuck here but clearly they're not that far away from, from civilization, so they could figure something out.
2: Yeah, I feel like the subtext is that two of the guys are pretty sure that they're going to be fucking Yes, these these girls for the next couple of days, and they're like, yeah, I mean <laughs> infectious disease and like, we just killed a guy, maybe we should tell someone but we are going to get our dick sucked like a minute ago and we could just go back to that. So like yeah I'm almost wondering if there's like the it's weird the, the character's motivation Eli Roth like came back to the guys like all right here's your motivation uh <laughs> right. you can go uh commit, commit to uh you know a felony and probably you know, spend your less, r- the rest of your life in jail or hear me out your character gets their dick sucked for another 2 days
0: it's like oh hmm the weirdest part about this is it's strangely realistic yeah. <laughs> It's like I remember being, you know, twenty and being like, "Oh man, what I wouldn't do! Anything for sex, anything! I would die." And then, yeah, I mean, it's not that far removed from what happens in this movie where they're like, hmm. "But sex though, <laughs> and <laughs> well, what are we gonna do? We got, should we hide
2: the body? Should we, uh, sh- should we go get the police? Should we kiss? I don't know.
0: What are we, what are we gonna do? Should we get naked? I mean." Yeah, yeah, we should get naked. And there's a... I, I noticed that this disease almost wants to cuddle, which yeah. makes it so much grosser. I think in my notes I wrote, the fuck disease wants you to cuddle. <laughs> and, and okay. And then to add to the awkwardness of this whole thing, so kind of the protagonist in this whole thing <laughs> Is Ryder strong, right? Uh-huh. Um, and he's he's the quote good guy, uh-huh. right? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so you're along for a ride with him, and th- then he basically and he's like got the hots for this girl, and you know she's kind of leading him on or not super interested in him but a little interested in him, and she's you know giving off signs. And then she falls asleep, and he just kinda rapes her. is that what what you guys saw too? Oh yeah, I mean no question <laughs> okay. this is this is
2: probably one of the the most like gen Z would be like shocked oh, at this I, at this scene. I
0: didn't remember it being this way.
2: hmm a, a girl asleep it's a victimless crime if
1: i finger rape her <laughs> it's like. Yeah, how did this strike you, Brian? Same way, and I also <laughs> forgot about it. But when earlier on, maybe like 10 minutes before this, they were kind of like laying on a dock and sleeping almost next to each other, at least laying with their eyes closed and there was an aerial shot, and it really made me think of the Creep Show 2 sketch called The Raft. Yes. You guys ever seen it? Yes. And then I forgot that this scene was coming, and that also happens in The Raft, like a sleeping sexual <laughs> assault low key. Uh and I, I couldn't help but wonder if it was like an homage somehow. I wouldn't be surprised if Eli Roth tried to do that.
0: Oh man, that is such a cool uh, parallel. I I saw Creepshow two a couple years ago, um, because I watched it because we had reviewed the first one, and I and I just thought the first one was such so much fun. Um, and I watched Creepshow two and was specifically about. You know, so Creepshow is an anthology, and it has a couple different stories in it, right? And Creepshow Two is as well. (laughs) Specifically, the the raft uh, story that you're talking about, Brian, irked me so badly. I was so upset that this, like, it was like a, it was like a half hour long scene from star from the original star trek with just this low effort low budget monster of like a towel a spray-painted towel on a lake and and yeah like kind of a weird rape scene and i was like this is this is the the sequel to one of the best anthology movies ever made does uh did that did did you were you a fan of creep
1: show too I was, I actually, <laughs> uh, all, uh, all sexual assault aside, I really enjoyed the raps. Yet, <laughs> but I do, I do, uh, like Creepshow too, but yeah, Creepshow is, I love it. So it doesn't compare, but it's still pretty good to me. I didn't mean to cast shade on one of your favorites. Did you by chance? No, that's okay. When did you, when did you first watch Creepshow too? Again, similar to you, probably a couple years ago, maybe for the first time. And what was the thing that you liked about it? Well, I just love anthologies. I'm kind of a sucker for them. It's hard for me to not like an anthology, especially one that's a little bit silly, a little bit tongue-in-cheek, uh, almost like fourth wall-breaking. I just like Creepshow kind of set that mold, and I think of it as the template for an anthology. So, any jokey, fun anthology, I'm here for. What
0: was your? Do you have a favorite um, short out of the first one?
1: The first Creepshow. Yeah. Oh man, good question. I don't
0: mean to put you on the spot. I'll go first. I really liked the the moss one with Stephen King <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Jordy Verrill. That that one. Oh, you done it now, Jordy Verrill, <laughs> You monkhead. I love I love that one so much. It's so colorful and it's such a creepy concept, but it's executed so goofily.
1: Yep. I think the Happy Birthday one, or Father's Day, I can't remember yeah. what it was called. Yeah. I, I think, think it was a birthday. It was, I think it was a birthday, because there was a cake, right? Yeah, there was a cake. I think that might be my favorite. Yeah, that was, that was the first one in that anthology, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I, this, this girl on the
2: raft, or like the, the floating dock thing. Uh-huh. Karen. <laughs> Is it, unfortunately named Karen. Unfortunately named Karen. Is it... Would it be uh, politically correct to say that she's a tease? Yeah. Is that possible to say, like, this girl is definitely toying with this boy?
0: I guess. I mean. Because she kisses him and then rolls off. She's like, tee hee hee hee, bye. Like, oh, man. Oh, what? She's not allowed to kiss and then run away? Um... (laughs) (laughs) Not unless she wants to get sleep-raped, I guess. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he does. <laughs> well, you bring up a good Them's point. the rules. Because that's actually what
2: happens. So that's a good, <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, early 2000 rules are different. I mean, that was just an unspoken understanding.
0: This, yeah, this moment where he just kind of takes uh her silent sleeping as consent mm-hmm. is first of all very creepy but it's made creepier by the See, fact they cut that- out
2: they cut out the part where he got consent he was like
0: hey you want to have sex and she was mm. and, <laughs> and that yes that's not how it works bryce you know that right she said mm. Mm, no they cut that part out though <laughs> right <laughs> so it's in the deleted scenes so, this part is made all the more gross because as he's, like, reaching down her yeah. <laughs> skirt, you're treated to... You hear wet noises. ...some audio, <laughs> and uh, and it is revealed that that is actually uh, Pussy Legions. It, it's revealed that he has
2: absolutely no idea where the vagina is on a woman's <laughs> body. <laughs> That's what's revealed. It's like, there's one thing not knowing where the clit is. There's another thing thinking that the vagina is an opening on the side of the leg.
0: Look, he was committing basically a crime. He was probably pretty nervous. Right. He was actually committing a crime. So, yeah, I can understand being a little nervous. Um, but this is definitely one of the two nastiest, grossest parts of this movie. Um without like this is now on my like second or third watch through I'm like there's an even an added element that I didn't realize like I was saying I didn't realize that this was him basically raping her uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so now it's just super ultra gross right i don't know how
1: how did this scene hit you Brian it is re- i mean the sound design <laughs> The sound design always gets me, whether it be a gore or a sex scene. It can even be a sex scene that I'm like, "Oh, this is I'm into this." And if there's too graphic of sound design, I'm just, ugh. <laughs> yeah, this was gross.
0: Fair. Yeah, how did it strike you? <laughs> how did it strike you, Bryce? Is that your answer? Um, porn music. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was like pretty cringeworthy, you know for for the time. Um, also, I like the the implied the the first horror is that not that she's infected, but it's implied the like, oh my god, she's on her period, disgusting. <laughs> oh, it's just a hole on her leg,
0: never mind. Phew, <laughs> 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 that's the true horror, you know. I, yeah, I think did I write that down? Um... <laughs> Uh, whoa, that's a lot of blood. Uh, yeah. (laughs) And then, and then the reaction to that is put her in the shed. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) But you got to put her in the shed. We got to get her out, lock her in. And, and she's like, guys, I'm going to die out here. I'm going to die out here in the shed. And, and their, their words of reassurance were, don't worry, you're going to be locked in here. Right, like, we're gonna lock you in. Nothing's getting in here. She's like, "No, I'm gonna die to the Z's, asshole." <laughs> and they're like, "No, we're gonna stand guard. It's always gonna be somebody out here standing mm-hmm. guard." And then they immediately don't do that, so she's just alone, locked in a shed in the out of doors. Ugh. <laughs> um. Let's see here. Oh, uh, Bert continues to say uh, to just throw these horrible horrible zingers out there but um, you know they have to be played this is for the show
1: Bart you asshole it's not funny
0: this it is you fucking slut Jeff what
3: <laughs> Jeff
2: <laughs>
0: what <laughs> you can't deny that it's funny dialogue executed really well right right um despite how troubling it is he turns
2: to her boyfriend he just called me a slut I was like <laughs> What?
0: Yeah. Uh, are, are, are
2: we just ignoring the fact that you're a slut? Jeff. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff
0: shows his true colors here. Um, he nopes on out. Like right. when, when things get as bad as they can get, Jeff shows his true colors and he says, you two fucking fuckers can, uh, uh, can't can stop touching her so you can rot. I was like, that's a that's a kind of a Quentin Tarantino kind of line. Fucking fuckers. A bunch of F words all in a row. Um, and, uh, let's see here We're we're kind of introduced to this cop. I, I'm interested to see what did you think about this, this cop, Bryce? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just another goofy character
2: to throw in there. Um, I didn't really feel strongly one way or another, really.
0: Okay. Okay. Brian, did you have any feelings about the cop?
1: Yeah, I think I feel like I enjoyed the placement of these goofy characters more than Bryce. I think he's just like he's almost spoofing teen like sex comedies in his yeah, horror movies. That's so, true. yeah, it's kind of like, why not? Why not give us this this cop? I think one of these guys or maybe two of them were in a movie called Detroit Rock City. Um. Oh, yeah. I think the cop I, is right. I think he might be. And I know Bert. I think Bert might be, too. But my memory is shaky on that. But that's the type of movie I feel like he often kind of spoofs like he hates college teenagers looking to have sex. And he just he makes them his characters and he kind of rips on them. Actually, I think it's really interesting what Bryce said about sex being the treachery in this and hostile. Like, that's a, a good observation. I didn't, never thought about it that way.
2: See, I view it as like he doesn't have disdain for him. He just he that's his horror. It's like, yeah, if you're a. A horny guy that you're like, I'll do anything to have sex when you're at a certain age like you would you could you would commit war atrocities. If, like, your girlfriend said, like, if you do, if you commit war atrocities, I'll let you see my boobies. (laughs) Yes.
0: Can you imagine a reality where she's like, (laughs) only after you commit genocide. And you're like, all right, you got to go burn down a village and then we can do it. Well, this is also a super 90s sort of take because the whole 90s was, I mean just like freaking kids out about safe sex. Like just being like, you have to wear a condom. Number one, pregnancy. Number two, AIDS. Holy shit. You can get all kinds of different diseases. Mm-hmm. Like, th- like freak out about safe sex. And, and we did. And, but it's interesting. Cause I listened to a lot of Dr. Drew and, uh, for better or worse. And, um, And he one of the things that he says is when when people ask him, like, you know, you've been doing this a long time. You've been answering questions about sex for a long time. Like, what are the trends that you see going up and maybe going down? And he'll he he all the time now, he says, kids no longer are taught about safe sex because we hammered it home so hard for the 90s and early 2000s that we that I think that generation took it as just like basic common knowledge. Mm, yeah. Like it's just so in, ingrained in our brains that we go, everybody knows that. And right. then don't feel the need to continue passing it on. Cause he says kids now, like the, the Z kids, they don't have that same feeling at all about safe <laughs> sex. So I feel like this is weirdly dated in terms of it's.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's when we were growing up, like AIDS was like a death sentence. Yeah. It's like, no, that's the danger is like, if you have sex unprotected and get AIDS, like you are going to die. But now it's like, I mean, it's still a horrible disease that you don't want to get, but it's not a death sentence. Like you can live a pretty long life with like the treatments that are available in America, in America. (laughs) And, and so like, what is the, the danger for kids to have unprotected sex? It's like, well, number one, it's they just don't want to get pregnant. So, you know, there's there's other options to like, you know, not be pregnant, other than a condom. You know, yeah. So that's that true. that's probably a big part of it. <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think, think it's a huge. Written,
1: sorry, go ahead, Brian. Oh, sorry, Bryce. I think the script was written in 1995 originally. So oh, okay, yeah. Oh, dang that that could match up with what David's saying about this being feeling a little 90s and that sex stuff.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, hey, Brian, did you did you get to see that, I think it was an HBO documentary about um, Woodstock 99?
1: No, I'd like to watch that. I've never seen it, though.
0: I, did, I think Bryce did. Didn't she, Bryce? I didn't. I think it's, it's probably the same. I've seen
2: a couple documentaries pop up about Woodstock 99, Ooh. which, I
0: mean, I remember it going on. I do, too. let me tell you it's like it's like a parallel version of this movie it's 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 disturbing and alarming and a lot of like quote-unquote toxic masculinity and uh and it is uh you know a lot of i think like problematic youth from what i i don't know maybe i'll watch the documentary
2: but my sense of woodstock 99 was well what i remember it was oh they're trying to recreate woodstock Mm -hmm. which was you know during the free love movement and like all this stuff and so like it was our generation trying to recreate a culturally significant event but in essence they're they don't have a strong philosophy they're just kind of a bunch of nihilists <laughs> and they show up and basically limp biscuit has a performance that goes awry in the, in the crowd. And that's like, what is the takeaway is like,
0: Oh, they burned a lot of stuff because of Limp Biscuit. You got to watch the doc.
2: I, I, it's, I, I guess it's a I lot.
0: It's a lot more interesting than just that. But, uh, but yeah, it did. It did have vibes like this movie does. Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, things are going south here. Um, so at this point we start getting into the real gore of this thing. Um, You have Karen out in the shed who basically her this disease. Let's talk about this disease for a minute. This disease is kind of like a wasting disease. It feels kind of like it's like a super rash. Yeah. Like opens up into open wounds. Feels like even more weaponized MRSA or something like that. I don't know. How how did the how, how did the disease of the whole thing strike you?
1: Yeah, I thought of it as like a flesh-eating bacteria or something, and I think it was really cinematically effective. I I can't think of many other diseases that would have been so gross to watch unfold on screen. You've got people losing chunks of their skin and barfing blood. Pretty effective.
2: Oh, man. I remembered something that I wanted to talk about. Oh. I this, this made me have flashbacks of a disease I had. What? Once, yeah. Well, go on. So not... This is the weirdest thing, and it's like... I still don't know quite what happened, but like... I had this open sore on the top of my foot. Was this when you guys... When the water damage happened? No, this was when I was younger. This oh, okay. was like... I was probably 16, 17... Um so it started out this this could be a horror movie. This is like so it started out like I had this like itch between my toes. Uh huh. Like between my big toe. And I was like itching it. And it's one of those itches where you're like, God damn it, I just need to yeah. get it. And you're like rubbing it so hard where it's like yeah. itching it only makes it want more itching to the point where that pain itch? Yeah. Where it's very itch. satisfying pain. And it's like, God damn it. And then Eventually, it like breaks the skin. You're like, okay, but somehow that's the best possible scenario of like, yes, I finally destroyed my body enough to where now it's gonna repair itself. You know, like, okay. well, now I just feel pain and not an itch.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a weird place to go with this,
2: right? Um, so, and then, like, the top of my foot started getting like spots on it. Okay, like little dots of red. I was like, this is so weird, and so I'd like put, um, you know, stuff on it like cortisone cream or whatever, aspirin, yeah, whatever. And it's this nightmare scenario to where my body just would not heal, and those spots turned into open sores until the entirety of my foot was covered in this like <sighs> pussy red grossness. I want to
0: leave. I want to leave right now. I don't like being in the same room with you, even though this hat... <laughs> Brian's out of here. He's like, I'm gone.
2: And it spread over to my other foot. It was like... I... It got to a it. point where like I had like paper towels on the top of my feet to soak up the pus that was coming out. And, you know, I would... It would dry out, and I'd be like, okay, maybe it's getting better. And then... I'd walk somewhere and it would like crack open and then all this oh, get worse. Ew, it went to is... <laughs> went to an urgent care and they like gave me this antifungal stuff to do, to put on it and like caked it on, and then it would just the pus would seep through the lotion. It went on for weeks. Like I was like basically, it was during the summer I remember and I had just started working at my dad's store. Yeah, and so. Like my sister still rags on me for like, yeah, you didn't show up for your your shift. I'm like, my goddamn foot was an open sore. Anyways,
0: well, welcome and then to eventually, Movie Talk, Brian. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and it, it reminded me,
2: it reminded me of the the sores and stuff on this movie. Uh, the end of the story is, I went to a dermatologist. He gave me a cortisone shot, and it cut, it like recovered immediately like 2 days a steroid yeah in like 2 days it was like almost completely gone wow it was it just c- cemented uh my appreciation for specialists like oh doctors don't know shit unless they're specialists in the thing like
0: well that's a wait <laughs> wait you said something at the end there i didn't get that Doctors don't know shit unless they're a specialist.
2: Yeah, I've never had like a general or family care practitioner that helped me
0: ever with the thing that was you ailing only me. a a better general. Pre- I have my my GP's great. He every time. Well, one time I well, asked him I to mean, feel my balls, he did it. He's like, "Yeah, that's alarming. We need to get you in for a ultrasound."
2: Yeah, and send you to a specialist for
0: Well, would- sure, but you got to get the referral. Yeah. There's a system in place. Well,
2: yeah, I mean that's the that is the system. It's like they're the gatekeeper for the person that actually knows how to treat what what's wrong. But you have probably you know normal <laughs> ailments, and I have uh, like a alien foot disease that no one else I have ever heard has. I'll, I'll,
0: since we're doing this, I mean this is basically the skin <laughs> disease. The skin disease episode. You had good skin disease stuff. I used to go to go. uh, I used to work in very hot conditions for a while as a wildland firefighter, and then and then I got sent to some mines in the in the Sahara and stuff like that. So I got. I ended up getting called it a mine. A mine. I ended up going to getting some pretty impressive rashes, some that I can't get rid of. I I had a rash from going to the Sahara one time that was so it was my whole butt <laughs> like my whole butt <laughs> and it had it had gotten pretty far and it was it was ripping <laughs> and it was an uncomfortable like i whew, it was not good it was not pretty i got to a doctor and he was like holy god and ever since then, he's just been like. There's so much hair. And he, ever since then, he was like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, you, you, you. He he was like, I've treated people. I've treated like Vietnam War vets who have like who like lived in the jungles of Denang <laughs> who have less shitty rashes than you. They're, he's like, I give you the 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 heaviest, dutiest stuff. Can't can't squash it. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Any rashes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, shit, I should have come more prepared. I should have gotten a really gnarly rash in the weeks leading up to this. No, I don't have anything good like that. My butt's been pretty healthy. Uh <laughs> knocking on wood. How are your feet? But oh, my feet are not pretty, mm. but they're they're technically healthy. Amen, brother. Um but poison ivy was probably my my biggest and gnarliest experiences i just i'm hyper allergic to it and i used Mm. to get it many times every summer and it was the the itch you guys are talking about like that where you can't stop and the pain actually feels good is is very familiar to me but Mm -hmm. never had the open sore thing i thank you for sharing that Bryce. you're welcome (laughs) yeah I uh, feel like we're unearthing a lot of. I could stuff. I could
2: go into detail and like tell you exactly what it looked like and it, no. I, it. I remember it so vividly.
0: You could just go watch Cabin Fever and probably get a lot yeah, of what's going it's, on. It's pretty close. Um. Yeah, my dad's allergic to like poison oak. Um. Yeah. It's it is not pretty to see someone who is allergic to poison ivy, poison oak.
1: That do, do you?
0: Does
1: does your throat start closing up? No, luckily I'm not that bad. I just like either I'm hyper allergic to it or I was just rolling in it as a kid and not realizing it. Cause we had woods in our backyard and I was always out there doing shit. So I would just get, it would just cover an entire patch of like my whole forearm at one point it was covered in it. So nothing compared to, to your guys' stuff, but, but that's mm-hmm. all, I, all I can bring to the table.
0: The gnarly thing about that is it's an oil that sits on the leaf. So, so the way I understand it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Brian is if, if you're like scratching that spot, a lot and then you just like go to like touch your face you can transfer transfer it onto your face does that sound
1: right uh, yeah i've read mixed up on it like if you i think i always used to hear like the pus spreads it which is not true but if the oil from the plant is still on your arm then yeah you can spread it and i think it's kind of hard to get off without like a really good scrubbing or treatment
0: yeah yeah it's rough days what's it called like um they have that, uh, they have that medicine for, it. I can't remember the name of it, something tech. Um, anyway, so yeah, these, these practical effects are pretty great. I kind of, I kind of really love the, uh, it's almost like the cover of Evil Dead 2, the skull on the mm-hmm. cover of Evil Dead 2, whereas her whole, all of her lips are just gone mm-hmm. off of her teeth. And that. That moment still sticks with me from the first viewing of this movie just being like oh no this is very very bad and then we have our our protagonist turned rapist Ryder Strong heading out up to the up to the reservoir <laughs> and he finds the uh he finds the body of of the plague spreader dude uh huh in the water and instead of just looking at it and going that's a dead body <laughs> uh, he he for wow, he's s- holding his breath a long time he for some reason feels the need to poke him with a stick and then fall into the reservoir next oh to sure him. David
2: some that's like the bridge too far is like oh you don't poke a dotty body with a dead with a with, with a, a stick, stick. A dead body with a stick. It's like, no, that's exactly what you do.
0: I mean... Was... Every
2: every molecule in my body, if I saw a dead body in a stream, I would have to poke it with a dead stick.
0: Are you serious? Absolutely. Brian's not. Wow.
1: No? Even I, <laughs> I'm the only I, one? I don't know. I, I wasn't really nodding in agreement. I was just nodding in awe. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd want to poke it. I think I'd go run. Do you think he was wanting to spin it around t- to see if it was the guy who they encountered earlier and s- set on fire?
0: I guess that's pro- yeah. I guess that's probably the. See, I assume he just wanted
2: to poke it with a stick, which I totally understood and was on board with. Boy, you're just, just on an it.
1: innate desire.
2: Yeah. Huh.
0: All right. Yeah, I just, I just was like, oh well, there's a dead body in the water supply, like. This is what's getting us all sick. Like right. Yeah. Uh, which is an added element of super grossness like and by the way here in Portland like a strangely on the nose kind of right. <laughs> <thing, laughs> we have these reservoirs in Portland that are just open air reservoirs and then like this will happen like a squirrel will die and fall into the water and they'll have to drain like 10 billion gallons of water out of these massive open not to mention like all the homeless people like camped around them, right? Like all the time. So this is a a regional problem. Yeah, I mean,
2: looking at the spring or the the stream that they're just directly pumping water from into the cabin, like didn't seem like it was a great water source. To be honest, it was like already full of pond scum before there was
0: a dead dead body in it. It's a simpler like, time. Mmm, water. I'm, you know, I found myself becoming curious, and actually, Brian, this might be a more of an East Coast thing. I've never seen a cabin like this. There's just no cabins out here on the West Coast that look like this. Is this a thing?
1: Boy, that's a good, just, you know, like a rustic old cabin. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think they exist. Have you ever I mean- stayed in one?
2: I'm confused. You've never seen a cat. What what about the cabin?
0: Like this super generic horror movie trope, evil dead cabin in the woods cabin, you know, that's like it's got a porch swing and this kind of thing. It Mm. seems like there's a million of them because this movie exists in a million different iterations. But I've never seen this two bedroom, one main room cabin. I've never Hmm. seen this. Have you?
2: I'm yeah, I am not secluded there's... in a in a forest, but I've my friend had a cabin up on Mount Hood and it was like a rustic kind of like house. This?
0: Yeah. What about you,
1: Brian? Yeah, I mean I think I mean, I don't think I've had any friends that had these rustic of cabins, but I feel like I've stayed in one or two or driven by some on the way to a less rustic cabin. <laughs> <laughs> on the way to a less rustic cabin um,
0: I mean at this point uh, everyone has been infected with the exception of um, Jeff Jeff has noped out a few mm-hmm. long ago uh, showing his true colors and uh, and the police are have been alerted to the presence of uh, a kill on sight disease like these kids all have a basically a bounty on their head And um, at this point, um, Ryder Strong kind of throws up on (laughs) the Winston, the cops, um, teenage girl party. (laughs) I don't know. Well, they make
2: it a point that it's an underage drinking party.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. This underage drinking party. He kind of throws up on everyone there. So (laughs) ensuring that the disease will will be spread and that cabin fever, too. Spring Fever uh, gets made. Yeah. Um. the The final kind of like hurrah in this movie for me was when he hits the deer. When Ryder Strong is in the car and he or in the truck and he hits the deer, that was so shocking. It was such a such a great jump scare. And then the oh the feet, yeah, the flailing. <laughs> That's pretty great. Feet how did it did did anything at the end
1: of it what what at the end of this movie worked the best for you brian i think the ending of the movie is what made me up my score like if we we do thing one one to five but in your scale i would have given this a six three years ago when i watched it and i upped it to seven and i think that third act is what did it because it was just like a bunch of shit just kept happening sequentially the pacing was really good just, you know, barfing blood on somebody, then the deer thing, just one more thing going wrong, feet in the face. It was so super chaotic, and I was a fan of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. What about you, Bryce?
2: Yeah, I mean, it had a strong ending. Yeah, that deer scene was pretty yeah. pretty great, just the the effect in that. Um, and just any movie like this should end with everyone dying. You know, that's just how it should End. For
0: me, it's the, the it's the call back uh, with the old man at the harbinger yeah. shop being like, "What's up <laughs> my <laughs> N words?" and uh, and that's
2: such a that's great And then it just shows that this is gonna propagate across the country because they're just trucking out spring water. That's implied that it's coming from that same reservoir with the dead guy. I
0: missed that. Somehow entirely Because, like,
2: yeah, and, like, the lemonade that the little kids are serving is from that same lake or whatever. So, like, everyone there is going to get it. And then it shows a truck driving off with spring water on the side. So it's like, oh, this is, like, the beginning of a zombie apocalypse.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Well, there you have it. Does anybody have any last words, final recommendations about Cabin Fever?
1: Did you guys notice at one point they, when they were talking about a character being in the woods, his wife was like, he wouldn't do that. He knows about the ordinance, so the locals seem to know about this disease. Hmm. It's just kind of hinted at. Interesting. Oh,
0: you know, here in Cl- in Clark County, there's like there's a secret. Like a, a military range, uh, it's in the it's in the woods on the east side of the county, and it's pretty big, um, and it's all fenced off with barbed wire. And um, you know, I mean, as a teenager, you know, you drive over to your friend's house or something, something like that. You drive by this, and the fence on the fence it has all these signs that are like live ordnance testing, or you know, they just say creepy, weird military shit. And, you know, your head starts working on that kind of thing. And, yeah, I always have thought about that's the first place my head goes when that kind of thing pops up in a movie is like these places are everywhere. They have facilities everywhere. They can, you know, what are they doing in there? What kind of strange biological? I don't know. You know, anywho. Um, butt rash experiments. <laughs> 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 well, that's impossible because I wasn't invited. Um, so let's get into our uh our game for today. We will hey, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes? Um, uh, drop? Um, let
2: me see
0: this Rotten Tomatoes game is uh this is a game where we play two movies against each other. Okay, so we got um, we got two movies and you're going to have to guess which one has the higher critic score, Um, not the audience score, the critic score. Um, And, you you, no cheating. You can't uh, you can't look it up. Oh, do you have it? I have it. Here we go.
2: Rotten. Good job.
0: There we go. I did it. Yeah, so we pit two movies against each other, you versus Bryce against each other, and you got to figure out which one has the higher Rotten Tomatoes score. Today's And do we get an extra point if we guess the... The right percentage. Yes, if you okay. guess if you guess the percentage on the head, then you get one extra point, and which ends up being a, a pretty big deal. So this uh, this episode's game is about movies. Uh, this is called Down with the Sickness. So this is all movies pertaining to um, disease and and gross, nasty, mm-hmm. uh, infectious stuff. So let's get it on. Uh, this is a horror movie talk versus horror movie club. Yes. So don't do us. Don't do bad. Nice. <laughs> oh, <Bryce>. no. <laughs> no pressure, though. Okay. So our first pairing is uh today's movie, Cabin Fever, versus Twenty Eight Days Later. And I think they came out about the same year, about two thousand three mm. or four. Uh, who goes first? Oh, um. Well, the guest goes first goes, in this. Okay.
1: Game. I'm going to say 28 days later as the higher score, and I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess 91. Okay,
2: nice. Um, What about you, Bryce? I'll also go 28 days later, um, but I'll do 79.
0: Okay, you're both right, and the actual score. is 87 so brian Mm. was very very close Mm. with that with his guess of 91 but but good job both uh, both on the board strong start strong start okay our second pairing is the sequel 28 weeks later weeks later versus the crazies from 1973 73 that's
2: a romero film i believe um, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say 28 weeks later and I'll guess slightly higher than 28 days. So like
1: 90. Okay. And Brian, what are you going to say? I'm going to go 28 weeks later as well, but I'm going to go a little lower at like 83%. Again, Brian is closer. <sighs>
0: Yeah, um, yeah. so 28 Weeks Later got a 72, and The Crazies got a 69. So they're very, very close. Really? I thought 28 Weeks Later was
2: received better than 28 Days Later for some reason.
0: Sequels never are—it's just—I mean, I think you can kind of set your watch Mm -hmm. that every single reviewer is just going to be— Oh my god,
3: ew, David!
0: —just going to hate the the sequel. Um, Both still on the board, both tied up. Okay, so here we got – we got five uh, pairings total. So you have three more to uh, to differentiate yourselves. Okay, so we got 2008's Splinter. Have either one of you seen Splinter? Mm-mm. Okay, so good. No one has any idea. And then we have versus 1985's The Stuff. Have either of you seen The Stuff? No. Brian has. I've seen The Stuff, yes. What did you think
1: about it? I thought it's a lot of fun. Is that a is that a, kind of a blob kind of movie? Yeah, it's very similar, but it's super schlocky and doesn't take itself super seriously. It's just a sleazy, entertaining eighties movie.
0: Nice. Okay, so I think it's I think it's Brian's turn to go first.
1: Boy, oh boy. The stuff versus Splinter? Yes, sir. Oh man, I'm gonna say Splinter is higher. I'm gonna put that at like 74
0: okay
2: um I'm gonna say the stuff is higher and say like
0: 66 I have very bad news for horror movie talk oh no <sighs> very very bad news um Brian is a hundred percent correct on both it is splinter at 74 versus um the stuff got a seventy one. So he got two points on that and God you got none. Damn it. So we have Brian wow. with four points, Bryce with two. Bryce you're gonna have to, gonna have to oh, this is seven. why they're ranked higher than us. Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was I was gonna make a comment about that. I was like do you guys look at that too? <laughs> we kinda no. I think we kinda bounce back and forth. One goes over the other sometimes. Yeah. Also it, it used to be but now you guys are you guys are doing quite well. Well, you know what, guys? You have probably a good chunk of your listeners who just skip the ads and go to Patreon, so your numbers might be artificially low.
0: Uh I don't know. I, don't I, don't know. Know. I, I appreciate the attempt, but yeah. Um, but I think, uh, I I think the the game is really is really differentiating us right now. We're really getting to see <laughs> yeah. why, and. You guys, to be fair, you do a lot more research.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys put on a, a much better show than us. It's very entertaining and funny. We're we're a little slow. I I think, oh, I I think we make face. a good pair of two uh, two similar podcasts.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you.
1: Clim- climbing are, up the ranks together. I like Hand this. in hand.
0: Being friends. Um, okay. So next pairing, Bryce. You're going to have to pull this out. We got Slither. Everybody's familiar with 2006 Slither. Mm-hmm. Um, versus yes. Pontypool, which I think I started, but I don't think I have. Have you seen Pontypool, um, Brian?
1: It's been on my watch list for years and I still have never gotten around to it. Have you seen it, Bryce?
2: No. Okay. But you have. I seen would some. not have guessed it's about a disease from the name Pontypool. I don't know what Pontypool means. I thought it'd be like a period piece about pool. British
0: political drama or something. About pools. Yeah. Um, okay, so so we got Slither versus Pontypool, uh, and it's Bryce's turn to go first. I'm going to go Slither. Okay. And I'm going to go
2: 77.
1: Okay. What do
2: you think, Brian?
1: Boy, this is tough. I feel like, having ne- never seen Pontypool, that these two are going to be really close to each other, but that's neither here nor there. I guess Slither at... Uh, Seventy eight percent going price is right strategy on me.
0: Hey, it's a it's a valid it's a strategy because it works. One dollar, Bob. Um <laughs> so actually you're both right, it is Slither and, and actually Brian was definitely right. They're very, very close. Uh Slither came in at an eighty seven and Pontypool came at an eighty four. So, mm. no extra points awarded, but uh, but let's see here. So, that puts Brian at five points and Bryce at three. Here see, we go. See, I'm always so pessimistic about Rotten
2: Tomato scores for horror movies because I, I always feel like it's almost impossible to get over 80 for a horror movie, even if it's like undeniably good. I mean, unless you're Jordan Peele. Unless you're Jordan Peele <laughs> or, or
0: on or...
2: A24's yeah. production schedule. Yeah. True.
0: Um, okay, final pairing. You got to get – to tie it up, Bryce, you got to get them both right. So – but let, here we got Brian going first, I, I believe, right? Yes, yes. I can't remember. Because uh, he went first on this. Yeah. So that – okay, that makes sense. Yes, it's Brian going first. So we got Contagion, which is I think Gwyneth Paltrow 2010? Yeah. Or so. Have, have both of you seen that one? I just watched it. The last year,
2: it's it's daunting. <laughs> it's a it's one of those movies that during the pandemic it was like this is the movie to watch. Like you should be in the mood to watch this movie now. And wisely, they didn't put it on any streaming networks until like after the pandemic passed. Because I'm sure they made a pretty penny on rentals on that movie. Panic.
0: Um, and then that's versus wreck the Spanish 2007 uh, film. So not not the remake No,
1: Wreck, the Spanish one okay. Have you seen that one, Brian? I've seen Wreck, but I never saw Contagion Yeah, I remember when everyone was watching that But yeah, too close to home I wasn't really ready to sit down and watch it <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, Brian What do you say, Contagion or Wreck? Oh man, this one's tough Having not seen Contagion I feel like I'm going to get this wrong But Wreck did a lot of things right I'm going to go with Wreck And I'm going to put it at Eighty-four percent. Okay. Okay, this is where I'm gonna break through. You gotta get two points. It's going
2: to be Contagion. Contagion is not even not necessarily seen as just a horror movie. It's a yeah. It's, it's, kind it's, of it's a of drama. drama.
1: Yeah, it's
0: like Heat. <laughs> Interesting. Oh wait, Comparison. no, no, no. I'm I'm thinking of the one with um, uh, with Rain Man. Um, with uh. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's called Outbreak. outbreak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... <what>. Heat. <laughs> Heat. Heat <laughs> rash. Uh, Heat rash. She's got a...
2: Great rash! <laughs> uh, great rash. Um, I'm going to say Contagion, and it's going to be high. It's going to be in the 90s, I believe. Um... I'm gonna say ninety-three.
0: Okay, so this is—I'm sorry to say—this is, yeah, damn it, this is just Bryce or uh, Brian solidifying his uh, his supremacy. Um, it is wreck with a, with a ninety oh. versus Contagion oh. with an eighty-five. Wow, oh, I cool. I that's close. That. Yeah, they're both pretty good. They both did pretty well. Um, see, I can see things that people would
2: not like about *Wreck*, but I can't see what anyone would have a problem about *Contagion*. Such a probably, that's such a great movie. Probably Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, right? yeah, but she dies like almost immediately. Like, wow. even if you hated her, you'd be like, "Yes, finally." <laughs> did you have you watched? Let's light, any- let's mourn by lighting a vagina candle in her
1: honor. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, have you watched any of her Goop shows on Netflix? No, I all I hear is just negative things about her, but I don't really know what it's about. Can you guys enlighten me? I think, like, Gwyneth, it's it's her
2: association with her brand, which is Goop. And it's to me, it's like a thing where she doesn't give a shit about that at all. It's like, eh, it's just, you know, people are—it's kind of like Donald Trump. People are saying— a lot of people say, you know, that I'm the greatest. It's like mm. Gwyneth Paltrow says, like, yeah, a lot, a lot of people, you know, get benefit from sticking jade eggs up their pussy. And, you know, who am I to tell them that they're wrong? And they, they sell, like, all this new age uh, alternative bullshit for, like, mm. exorbitant amounts of money. Um, But all these... This certain cohort of women just eat that shit up, like <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they actually sell
0: shit for like uh, five hundred dollars that you can eat. She sells a candle that smells like her vagina, mm-hmm. um, and it's, she really
1: does. That's the truth.
0: Yeah, and it's like one hundred and thirty-five dollars for
1: like a regular sized candle. Yeah, I wow, that's like some like OnlyFans type stuff. Yeah, it's
0: it's like yeah, it's like that bathwater thing. <laughs> it's like I'll do anything to get some <laughs> of your bathwater. It's like ew. What was that Bell? It's kind of
2: it's kind of genius marketing, though, because who doesn't want to know what Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy smells like? Sum- also, <laughs> yeah, someone just like
1: hate buys it. Like, fine, I'm fucking curious. Yeah.
0: Also, <laughs> summa- lavender. Wow. I'll summarize it a little bit more <laughs> that cleanly. Explains here. a lot.
2: Also, <laughs> sum- no wonder Harvey Weinstein was in. Into- <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: god. <laughs> Ew. Ew! 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 David. Ew.
0: Yeah, I'll summarize it a little bit more cleanly here. Narcissism, right. it's just narcissism. It's the weirdest, just like look at me looking at me, and it's like, oh, oof, this is creepy. Yeah. Um, so hey, um, Brian, thank you so much for stopping by and uh, and being part of our show. I, I really appreciate it. I've listened to you guys for a long time, and I super duper respect uh, what you guys do over there at Horror Movie Club. How can people? Um, find your show and and give it a listen.
1: Yeah, just uh, any old podcast app, just search Horror Movie Club and that'll bring up our show and give it a listen. Listen to a newer episode because the older ones really suck. And uh, (laughs) that's it. Thanks thanks for coming out. You can make that a Wednesday pair, listeners, because we drop on Wednesdays too.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're great. And you guys should definitely go check out their show um, because they've been doing it um, for as long as we have longer than we have and uh and we i definitely like what they do Mm -hmm. so um so with that i'm gonna play us out with an episode of my other podcast uh hotline and advice podcast this is a show that i do with uh my co-host out of the bronx um he uh his name's babyface billy and we have a good time over there uh doing that this episode that i'm gonna play today is we take calls um, from from people and try and give uh, try and give our, our advice. So uh, so this one is called Bram and the Ovipositor Dildo. <laughs> okay. So we're playing this out. You guys have a great week. Thank you for listening to our review of Cabin Fever. Oh, by the way, this was voted on by our patrons. So if you want to vote for one show, uh, one movie. Uh, a month for us to review. That's how you get it done. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. See y'all. Bye. Bye.
3: No fool would take. I got some habits I can't change. I'd be shopping you 100 in the sack, but I know enough to know if you got to be done, you gotta be done.
0: Yeah! It's Hotline, an advice podcast. We bring you the best advice. You bring us all your questions, problems, and sadnesses. Um, uh, If you would like to bring us those sadnesses, you can do so by giving us a call at 929-356-6360. And, uh, and, you know, leave us a nice message on our hotline. Or you can write us at hotlinepod at gmail.com. Uh, I am your host, David Day, uh, and I'm kindly begging you to give us some nice reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, tell tell a friend about the show. I'm David Day, and across the whole country from me sits.
3: Man, yeah, David Day. So I was uh I was making love yesterday. I was making love with my secretary. Yeah. And um, we were on the couch, you know, we were, we were kissing. Right. It was getting hot and heavy. And she asked me, um, um, well, I asked her, I said, uh, you want to go upstairs? And she says, uh, yes. Have you got any protection? And I asked her, why? What's up there? It's Babyface Billy!
0: <laughs>
3: Say no to guns, it's summer fun! Say
0: no to guns. It's summer fun. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you guys, we got another great show for you today. What do we got here today, baby face? Uh, well,
3: this one has uh, – they included photos here. Okay. You see them? Uh,
0: yes, unfortunately. Can
3: you describe to the listeners what these photos are?
0: Yeah, I know what these photos are. Um, one is a hyper-realistic and yet somehow like unrealistic double dong. It is a mm. um, pink color, so a white man's dick that it leads into a, another dick, a double tapered dick, if you will. Wow. And then the other one, I know what this is uh, because uh, I've seen – I watch Channel 5. Uh, uh, which is my favorite YouTube channel. Uh, this is an ovipositor dildo. Um, wow. That, what the hell
3: does that do, David?
0: Yeah, you put some like uh, pretend eggs in there, and then it uh, it injects them into your o- orifice. Wow. Yeah, deep, deep within your pussy, butt, Ugh. or throat. Um. In your throat. I mean, you could put it anywhere, man. You'll choke. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it'll just deposit an egg deep within your esophagus.
3: Do do not do that. You're gonna choke, please. Do not do that. Well,
0: you know, maybe that's your thing. Uh, what do we
3: got? What do well, we got? Let me read this. Um, yeah. It's uh Hey hotline, I'm Abraham or Bram for shorts. Mm. I've never heard that shorthand name for yeah, Abraham. Yeah, yeah no. For short. And I can't compete with my girlfriend's dildos. She's amassed a collection of dildos over the last month after I introduced them to the bedroom. I thought it would be hot for her to use one. while I was fucking her with mine. Was it your dildo or your cock? What were you fucking her with? No, She was into it. And now has purchased dildos of various sizes and shapes. These include lizard tail dildos, egg depositing dildos, horse shaped dildos, and the Holy Grail double ended 16 inch dildo.
0: (laughs) The Holy Grail.
3: I'm all for her expressing herself, but I feel I can't measure up to these. Especially the one that lays eggs. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, how do you do that? Also, they're taking up way too much space in our closet. I used to use it as a pantry, and now I have an alien cock in there. It's getting harder explaining to my friends and my family why there's an egg depositor next to the Ritz crackers. Is there any way to convince her to lay off of these? I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. It's also the summer, so cleaning up after sex with all these accessories is a fucking hassle slipping on lube and sweat.
0: Wow. Wow. Congratulations, Bram. I'd say congratulations. You have a horny girl on your hands, and anytime that's the situation, I uh, whoop for joy. Um, I myself am a horny girl so I definitely love it when other horny girls are around um, well. yeah this sounds great and also a little problematic right sounds like she's a bit of a savage Um, can't just be leaving this shit all over the place mm. that's just basic just you know
3: next to the Ritz
0: crackers yeah what the fuck dude like pick up a little bit like just don't be a don't be a savage, you know? Um I I think everything is good here. All of this is pretty good. Pretty good stuff in my opinion. Uh I just think it's you know, a matter of getting her to clean up after herself, which you can shame people into doing that, I think. Don't you think?
3: You know, Dave this uh I don't think you understand this guy's point. Hmm. You're not understanding where he's coming
0: from. Okay, help me understand.
3: There's a a fear here that he's not measuring up to these dildos. I think he feels feels, uh, nervous, rightfully so. Having sex with your girlfriend, she starts choosing the dildos over you. And hell, maybe she'll start choosing over men over you. Since your your dick doesn't have spikes and he can't lay eggs, yeah, yeah. You know, is, is this is he overreacting? What's what's the, uh, the? I understand where he's coming from. I think he's just afraid.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, look, she's with you. There's nothing you could do uh, to compete with these things uh, in terms of like the size and. The size of your dick or the shape of your dick, like you can't do anything about that, but you can derive a great deal of satisfaction and probably um comfort from knowing that she chooses to be with you. That's her choice. she's like, "I like this guy, I like being around him She probably uh your dick is probably the least one of the least important parts about you in most relationships um it's how. You know, how you are to be around, if you're pleasant, if you're nice, if you're giving, if you're um, thoughtful. These kinds of things are what make you – why she chose to be around you, uh, to be with you. Um, and, you know, so this thing where you're like, I'm worried that my, the dildos are going to replace me. Um, they, Those dildos are just pieces of plastic. They can't, you know, they can't uh, compete with you being – uh, yeah, kind and loving to her, so keep keep that up, and uh, and as long as you don't, um, as long as you do not get so needy or concerned that you know uh, you you need a lot of um uh, head petting regarding this this dildo thing, then I think you don't got a lot to worry about. Now, it's also very valid for you to approach her and be like these things make me feel well, however they make you feel and then have her address that, you know, that's everybody needs to know, you know, how, where they stand. And sometimes they need encouragement and that kind of thing. So, you know, if if that's a big, if this is a big issue for you, I'd say, you know, uh, talk to her about it. What do you think?
3: That was, a, that was great advice. Dave. Yeah. It's very true. I think he should not be afraid of these dildos. They can't replace him unless if she gets an actual horse to fuck her. And that may kill her.
0: Yeah, no, I don't
3: I don't think an alien is gonna come down and choose her out of the billions and billions of women on the planet to lay eggs into. So you don't have to worry about that one either. Lizards, quite frankly, unless if she's sticking a live lizard up her pussy, I don't think you gotta worry about that either. You know, it's when she whips out the BBC deal though that you should start worrying about being replaced by a black man. And you know, that's when a lot of these feelings, these racist feelings come about. And we are not, even though David Day's a red-blooded conservative American I am not. We are not racist here, and we will not stand for racism so if at that moment she pulls out that big black cock dildo and you start feeling a certain way then I think you gotta start thinking about yourself and how you feel about humanity in general
0: yeah I mean but don't you think he should like if he's feeling funky about this you should like approach her and then tell her
3: of course approach her and tell her I will not be replaced by the black man
0: what huh you just said, I will not be replaced by the black man. What was, that? what was that?
3: That's in response to, I will not be replaced by an alien either, or a horse cock, or an actual horse. Okay. I will not be replaced by anything.
0: You tell her that.
3: And if you start to feel differently, you know, you got to tell her you're feeling differently. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, um, just, you yeah. know. Yeah, I think you're gonna be okay. What uh, uh, what's his name? Never can remember this stuff. Bram.
3: Bram. Bram. Abraham.
0: Bram. I think he. I think, quite frankly, I think he's kind of lucky. It sounds like she's a fucking horn dog. Mm. Right.
3: How does that work? Getting an egg deposited into your vagina?
0: Well, look at it. You put the egg in the ovipositor. You could probably load it up a little bit like a Nerf gun, and then you squeeze at the base, and then it it juts up there, you know, bling. Yeah. And what do you do? You poop it out, or you do you just, just leave it in there? How do you, long do you leave it in there? Or for? you keep it in? Yeah, maybe you just keep it in there
3: for how long? I don't
0: know. It's not my choice to make. Wow. Yeah, it's hot it's hot shit though, right?
3: I gotta let me look up a video what if, about this. What if you're going positive. down on
0: what if? Okay, what if you're going down on a gal and a big old egg just slips on out of there? You like into my mouth, or or just hits your lips? You know, it's just like whoa, and you're like whoa, what was that? Well, how it you- probably smells of, of of just ugh
3: ugh alien lubricant.
0: Mm. Oh, man, I'm getting so jacked up right now. Oh, my God. That's the o positive. I'm on the porn hub here. Way up inside me. Okay, That's well, um, if you'd like to give... Holy <laughs> hell! If you'd like to give Hotline a call, call Stuffing us at... Stuffing
3: young pussy with eggs.
0: 929-356-6360 or drop us a line at hotlinepod at gmail.
3: Legalagepussy.com.
0: Uh... If you guys have advice about ovipositors, double-sided dildos... She's got a great asshole, this girl. Maybe. Oh my god, she's stuffing an egg up her pussy! Then you go ahead and give us a call, and uh, we'll do our best.
3: How many eggs you put it in your pussy, bitch? If you gotta be dumb, you gotta be eel